You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. So you were supposed to see King Gizzard a long time ago. Yeah, back in the, before the BC area, the BC era, the before COVID era. I bet nobody else has ever said that, Adam. No, I'm sure they haven't. (laughs) I'm the only original person on the internet who has a podcast. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we were supposed to see them in May of last year. Uh Then that got pushed to October of last year. Now it's pushed to October of this year. (laughs) So um, we'll see what happens. They're already playing shows again, though, in their uh, hometown, Mm -hmm. which is nuts. I can't believe they have live music. That's Australia, right? Yeah. They'll shut the... If if two people get COVID, the whole country shuts down. (laughs) And no one bats an eye. No one cries and... No one, no one goes, oh, no, the government gets to pay for me while I stay at home and don't have to work. Oh, no. <laughs> You're in rare form already, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for it. Here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds. For Discussion. discussion. So turn those coffee dials to brew, ladies and gentlemen, because oh, he's Adam. And he's John. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Look at you reading my Instagram copy. I love it. <laughs> well, I figured it should be incorporated into the show as well. I think so, too. Turn your dials to brew. Oh, like... it's turn your dials to brew, not coffee dials. Oh. So it's just dials to brew. I guess what, that makes sense. I feel like dials. Just yeah. dials. You know, you could have a, a mocha master. You could have a, you could have a, um, you know, a, 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 a espresso machine. I don't know. You just had an Aaron Sorkin moment right there. Drop the coffee just <laughs> dials dials <laughs> oh man and speaking of coffee mm. i feel like this is the first time we're having this on the podcast um hmm. i think, I, think it this, is. I think this is the first time we've had this blend from happy mug on the oh. podcast i think last time this is the which one is this this is the outdoorsy sumatra earthy frosty low What's that last word? Acidity. Acidity. Sorry, you grabbed the bag before I could read it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. no, you good, dog. It's a, it's a dark roast, and boy, is it dark. <sighs> Oof. It's good on this uh, brisk 75-degree uh, weather mm. we're having here in Florida. Mm, mm. Good yeah. stuff. Cheers. That is, that, that is, yes, cheers indeed. Yeah. Mm. The other one we've had was the uh, Ethiopian blend. Yeah. Definitely spot on with the earthy tone mm. right there. It's like very thick. Yes. Like dirt. This is like the first. Doesn't taste like dirt. No, no, not at all. It's just like. <laughs> not saying that. It's very. It's got a very full-bodied mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Very heavy tasting. It's a, this is the first time I've really drank in a dark roast in a very long time. Yeah, you've kind of moved away from the dark roast. Yeah, from like in the high acidity, fruity, lighter coffees, medium roast, which are great for my stomach. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you just have problems with caffeine. Let me tell you, just light roasts. That's the answer. 
<laughs> well, yeah, this is this is good stuff. And I can I also say too, I love the little logo of the happy mug. <laughs> he literally like, just has one arm. He has, but he's so happy. I feel like his other arm is his uh, uh, the handle. Oh, okay. All right, it's like just that. It's like stuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe when he hits a certain age, the other one breaks off, and he has two arms now. <laughs> <laughs> the evolution of the happy mug. Eventually he grows legs and feet too. Exactly. And then he's a walking happy mug. Oh boy. Wow. Yeah. Then he'll start fighting Godzilla, right? <laughs> Just a kaiju, oh, a, oh, a yeah. giant mug. Oh, but I heard there's going to be a winner. Oh, right? Godzilla you... versus Kong? Yeah, apparently. the Who is directing it? Some guy. I don't know. Apparently... <laughs> I saw some t- something on Twitter on a movie thing. It said that uh, Godzilla was going to, or someone's going to win. It's like, you know, Alien versus Predator. Yeah. You know, whoever wins, we lose. But yeah. um, they, they were talking to the audience, by the way, about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, who do you think's going to win? I, I think know. it's going to be the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I think there will be a winner. But it'll be a third one that comes in at the end. I mean, okay, so either realistically, either Godzilla has to, like, puncture King Kong, like, in his artery, right, with his teeth to get him down, right? But Kong just needs one good grip on Godzilla, you know? So I think, I think, I think King Kong actually has the advantage. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying that, too. Yeah. It yeah. only makes sense. I mean, like, because I think Godzilla would have to play it strategically because Godzilla would just be up all in there just jumping in, trying to bite and attack, whatever. Like, at least King Kong, he might not be able to think well, but he knows Smash, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if King Kong can just get Godzilla's head, just smack it down and just like boom, 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 done. Wow. Although, you know what's probably going to happen? The military is going to come and shoot him down, and then the military will win. Because <laughs> USA, baby. <laughs> so that's how that's how a traditional action movie ends. You right? are in rare form today. I aren't am. You? I'm ready. <laughs> so, <laughs> start out with something political, then we talk about Godzilla versus Kong, and then end it with something political. What other uh, <laughs> pop culture discourse can we talk about? Oh, yeah, WandaVision. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I know you and I have talked about it off mic. We will definitely be doing a spoiler discussion of all eight, is it, no, nine episodes. Yeah. You you watched the ninth episode today. I, I haven't yet. I have finished the series. I can't wait to oh, watch it, too. I can't wait to tell you what it is right now, and it's... <laughs> just kidding. Don't worry. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Viewership just drops immediately right at that point Although, in the podcast. Did, did you see the surprise cameo thing? What surprise cameo thing? <laughs> this is great. It's a fake one, right? Essentially. Oh, so so Paul Beatney, he was like, there's going to be like this huge cameo at the end, and it's going to be huge, and no one's going to see it coming. Yeah. Didn't he say something to the effect of, I really have always wanted to work with this person? Yes. Something to that yeah, effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's, uh, whatever. No one cares. It's him. <laughs> plays two versions of vision <laughs> and then he was trolling people in marvel people are like oh who could it be is, is luke skywalker gonna show up in this oh 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say too much because I haven't seen it yet, and I know that you have. But I, I did appreciate that, that that whole, like, it was me all along. It was me. <laughs> so maybe, uh, oh, maybe Vision will be the uh, winner of uh, King Kong. Or yeah, there we, there, there we go. There we go. That would mm-hmm. make a lot of Marvel fanboys happy. He'll, he'll come in and say, what, what, is, what, is, what is monster fighting? If not ka- kaiju's, uh, what is it, persevering? Something to that effect. I don't know. I, I thought I had something, but I didn't. <laughs> you almost there. Almost there. Almost, almost there. Almost there. Coffee hasn't quite taken hold yet. Drink so. more. Oh, you, you, you know I will, sir. Yeah, wow. This like lingers in your mouth. Yeah, very heavy. It is. It is. Like it could yeah. be the way I brewed it too. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I need to go a little uh, coarser next time for this. Mm. Well, either way, it is good. It is very good. Very very good. Um, mm. So before we go on to our review today, and we're technically going to be talking about two albums because first one we definitely need to touch upon because it affects the second one and that is the two newest albums from king gizzard and the lizard wizard if you haven't guessed already (laughs) appropriately titled kg and lw and this album see both of these albums uh the first one was released last year towards well it's like october november and uh this album was released when was it uh this year probably like January-ish, I think. Somewhere along there. Something like that. And these albums both complement each other in that King Gizzard is back experimenting with their microtonal sound off of um, 2017's uh, Flying Microtonal Banana. Which, by the way, quick story that I wanted to say leading into this. Adam and I both worked at... Uh, at a place. At a place. (laughs) It sure was a place. (laughs) And... (laughs) Yeah, Adam was known for being such a big fan of Rattlesnake. Yeah, so for those of you who know, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are a, a psych rock band from Australia. Mm-hmm. And very fast-paced, very fun, just energetic, always something different. They always do something different on each of their albums. So on the Flying Microtonal Banana, they experimented with microtonal instruments. So do you know what microtones are, John? Isn't microtonal just a way of how the instruments are tuned? Essentially, yeah. So in the United States and North America, primarily, we use, we're on a Western music scale where there's 12 notes in an octave. You you know some music stuff, right? Yeah. So you know what octaves are. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, ball. So like the same note, just 12 notes higher. Mm -hmm. So microtones are notes in between those notes. So if you put frets on your guitar in certain positions, you can create microtones, which are more, which are like Eastern music and like, you know, Middle Eastern, kind of like that twang kind of style. It sounds almost out of tune, but it, it's actually they, because they use a different scale. But there was a song that yes, used that same a, kind of style. The first song they put out was this was called Rattlesnake, and it's an eight-minute song, and most of the words are just rattlesnake, 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 and it's great. <laughs> it I is used, great. And it's like, what, three sub- syllables? Rattlesnake. Yeah, so you can like, you know, shake and bake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were definitely G4D. a lot. G4D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> G4. Coffee time. Coffee time. Yeah. So it's a fun little exercise you can do at home with your friends and loved ones. 
Yeah, but you love that song so much that we actually went to a work function where they had it on a jukebox, like a digital uh, jukebox, and we played it. <laughs> and I just remember one of our coworkers, friend of the show, Marie, just being like, I can't get away from this song. It's at work, and now it's here. <laughs> so in college, we used to go to bars and stuff and play like, you know, like, I don't know, like Creed or some like dumb band on the jukebox. And funny enough, when we did play Rattlesnake, someone who, who was in my college friend group was at the same bar and was like, Well, that's right. You know, I thought it could have been someone in that group because they was just this weird song. And I'm just like, wait, this might be <laughs> someone I know. <laughs> was like, Very funny. That was a good time. That was a good time. That was a good time. And it, and it was always a good time listening to King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard with you. Yeah. But since then, they've come up with a lot of albums. Oh, my God. After that microtone, the first microtone album, they put out, what, eight more albums? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because KG is the 16th album, and then LW is the 17th album, prospectively. Yeah. So KG, the 16th studio album, actually is their first album without their founding member and drummer slash manager, Eric Moore. Yeah, so they're down one drummer now, mm-hmm. which is, I, I am deeply saddened that I don't get to see King Gizzard with two drummers. Uh, I know. Oh, mm. wah, the original, wah. the OG lineup. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Well, he, he left to run his label, Flightless Records. Yep, which is the same record label that King Gizzard are on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's still there. His presence oh, yeah, he's is still, still there. there. So it doesn't even sound like they've really skipped a beat. Like there's no major difference. It's not they, like they... They never skip a beat. <laughs> it's oh, not like they uh, pulled a, a Modest Mouse and oh. brought in Johnny Marr, start playing guitar, something to that effect. Oh, Nothing that'd be like cool. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to yeah. see Johnny Marr playing with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but that was the best example that I could come up with. Like Modest Mouse definitely sounded different when he came on board. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, now I'm just trying to imagine a Smith-style record, but King Gizzard. <laughs> I could see that happening. <laughs> Rattlesnake. <laughs> Rattlesnake. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to die in the desert. <laughs> and if your snake bites me, what a lovely way to go. <laughs> oh. For those of you who know, he does that little like, oh, like, like belch almost. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah. So we'll touch upon the first album a little bit. Yeah. So these albums both have the microtonal instruments, and I think they released. Um, is this the one that has honey on it? Yes, this is the one that has. Honey. Yeah, that was kind of like the teaser track, and it had uh, the leader of the band and singer Stu McKenzie. He had like a acoustic guitar, kind of doing these like cool riffs. It's like ding 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it sounds so good. Yeah, I think with this album, I was pleasantly surprised by just how much it kept the momentum going. Like, it really never lets up. I agree, yeah. I think, you know, the first Flying Banana album they put out was kind of like a little too short almost and didn't give them enough time to experiment with the sound. But now that they have two full albums of this, like, it's a welcomed, like, addition. Agreed. It it definitely gives them a good chance to let the songs kind of breathe and really develop on their own there's a lot of just great grooves on this album where you could kind of really just sit back take it all in and just vibe with it 
yeah and i think that especially at the almost meditative kind of style some of these songs take it definitely is better that a lot of these are longer and can be stretched out i agree and there's a lot of just really abstract really out there lyrics yeah just go all over the place sometimes you're like what what yeah (laughs) did i hear that right (laughs) yeah there's some uh their lyrics have always been kind of you know weird weird yeah (laughs) a little out there i think though when you get to lizard wizard or lw it does even more of an experiment and transition and style almost like um did you listen to fishing for fishies that album uh, I think so, but I don't really recall it off the top of my head. Okay, it was kind of like a like a synthy kind of like jazzy kind of like dancey ish kind of album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a lot of those vibes, but on this album, but kind of just with the microtonal sound because mm-hmm. that first track too. Which did you notice that the last track and KG flows into yeah. LW? Yeah, that yeah, was that's very a cool, cool feature there. I was like, this probably does this right, and then I'm like I played back to back, and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I, I think both of the albums really kind of blend well with each other. I think with KG, I felt like there were much more memorable songs that stuck with me. Yeah. I also felt like for some reason, and they did this on one of their previous albums, I can't remember which off the top of my head, the vocals are behind the instruments, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not really layered over it. Like, it's almost like the instruments and the guitar playing, drumming, bass, whatever, is much more of the focus than the lyrics. And I think that's fine because the they're, they're essentially this weird jam band where they just get going and they keep going and keep going and they just never let up momentum. They just never stop until the album is over. And I've always appreciated the fact that as a band, they're very tight. Yeah. And I know I've said this before, but just how aligned they are. And I'm not really a music expert. You would know better than I would. Yeah. It, it, you could just tell that they're all on the same page. Yeah, and and what John means by, you know, tight is like when, you know, these guys are playing really fast, difficult pieces of music, everyone's in time, which means Mm -hmm. they're all playing together, they're in tempo, which means they're playing at the same time, you know, they're all playing the same notes, and they're very coordinated with each other playing, so it's, it's very extremely impressive that they can keep it out through the whole album. Agreed, and and there's a lot of great guitar parts on this too as well, that I was just like oh yeah i just really like loving it It, when they would kick in with those moments i was just like yeah i'm I'm all about this right here they're almost like the vampire weekend of psych rock yeah you know i can see that especially now that vampire weekend has taken on more kind of jam bandy-esque kind of tones and styles yeah i mean they're they're always innovating they're always trying something new and that's still the case here i you know i do think that at this point, if you're either a King Gizzard fan or you're not, this isn't them trying to reach a new audience. This is them appealing to that same audience. Mm-hmm. And I and I do think that if you've been all in on what they've done before, this is definitely an album that you should check out. Honestly, I think I like this one better than the last one that we reviewed. Um, but I, I did really enjoy that one album that they put out. Why can't I remember the name of it? The one that sounded like, a, was it like, a power metal oh fest the rats nest. yeah that was a fun one that was a really that fun was album. i think the last one that came out actually oh that was okay then which album am I yeah thinking so of? you're, you're thinking so unless you're talking about the live albums they put out oh that's right i forgot they got live albums yeah. too so so basically i was was it polygonal wanna land no th- so 
that wasn't during the seven album run. So the last one in the seven album run was Gumboot Soup. And then two years later, they put out Fishing for Fishies. I think that's the one you're thinking of. Okay. Because after that one came Rat's Nest. And then KG was the next one. Okay. Because I don't know if we've reviewed all those albums in between. I We definitely maybe briefly talked about Infest the Rat's Nest and briefly about Fishing for Fishies. And I think we did the rest. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there was one at some point where I kind of just felt like, all right, this is the appeal is waning for me a little bit. Yeah. It's like, I appreciate the craft and I appreciate what like sounds are able to come up with. But this one I was really vibing with quite a bit. And I think I could return to, you know, yeah. similar to microtonal banana, just cause I think that this has some really um, just memorable guitar parts. And there's at least some songs that I feel like were genuinely like in my head, like honey. After yeah. I listen to them. I think the the style of music. I probably jump in our final thoughts here in our new rating system. Ooh, yeah. we're doing numbers. Yeah, yeah, but um, I feel like this album, these set of albums, just expand on the King Gizzard. You know, their sound and style. And if you like the microtonal aspects and are interested in new music to broaden your horizons, I think this is a, a great album to you know hear it. So, um, so just before you go into your rating, we're we're gonna yeah. do. Um, we can do K, we'll KG do both. first, yeah. and then we'll do LW, or do you want to do both at the same time? Yeah, I'm going to do kind of like a like a double. I, I consider them one album, because technically KG, LW, King Gizzard, Lizard, Wizard. In fact, the last song on LW is called King Gizzard. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I, I and especially since the songs kind of flow into each other, I feel like, you know, they can be kind of put together, because I feel like they wanted to create, you know, a cohesive experience. And actually, too, if you look at the album cover, it connects with the other one, too. Ah, you can kind of see like the uh, the side of it there. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like our uh, our picture on our website, which is g4dpodcast.com. <laughs> oh, look at that. Paul Blart has returned with oh. the segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, but, you know, with this longer, you know, the different microtonals, I feel like it leads a lot to experiment and jam and have fun. Um, I feel like I'm going to give KG probably like a seven and mm-hmm. i oh no wait let's give kg a 7.5 and lw like a seven out yeah of ten. i feel like i i definitely i think kg has more of the hits mm-hmm. lw has kind of more of the jams but like i like the songs kind of more cohesively on kg you and i are on the same page my friend i think i enjoyed kg a lot more i felt like that had much more memorable lyrics from it. Like while LW went just like really the weird and abstract, almost like Robert Eggers <laughs> vibe lyrics there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and, and that's fine. Cause I think to your point, they're supposed to run into each other, but I felt like LW was more like a B sides compilation compared mm. to KG where it was just more or less like, Hey, we recorded just a bunch of stuff in the studio and this this other album like it's enough for another album but it wasn't good enough for that first one and and hey look b-sides from king gizzard i i think are always worth listening to if only from the point that you had mentioned that you at least get a great jam session out of it and i think that's what lw does better is that it definitely feels like more of just them just jamming around and just finding a groove and just riding it out for eight minutes (laughs) or sometimes even longer. Um, And for me, what I appreciate more about KG also as well 
is that there's definitely a bit more of variety. LW really just kind of blends together for me at one point. Mm-hmm. It, I never really felt like I could really discern. Yeah, like, it, it definitely differences ha- in the songs. I feel like too, it has a hard time of picking what s- style it wants to go for, especially that first song. If you feel like it's going to be more kind of like, Ooh, like microtonal, but then it kind of gets yeah. like similar to the fishing for fishy style, kind of this yeah. weird, like experimental mm-hmm. synthy based stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think my, my rating is ultimately going to be very, very close to yours too, as well. I, I, I almost don't want to do the same rating, but it's all good, but I'm, but I'm going to have to honestly, for me, KG gets a 7.5 out of 10. And LW gets a seven. I think, like I said, you're a fan of King Gizzard. They're worth checking out. Yeah. They're not anything that like you're going to be blown away by. But yeah, I mean, considering these guys keep on pumping out stuff, it, it was uh, it was worth it to adjust those instruments to microtones. You know, get more use out of them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything as memorable as say Rattlesnake, for example. Um, I think there some of hmm. Rattlesnake is memorable for different reasons. I feel like, um, oh shoot, I what's the one that goes like more of those kind of like finger picking styles are really cool. Like Rattlesnake, if you didn't know, you could kind of like it's not very like microtonal in its essence. You know, it is because of the sound, but it doesn't like lead to the experimentation like some of those other songs do. I know this is like maybe an odd comparison to make, but just bear with me. I almost feel like these albums were like recorded in the same way that like, you know, Miles Davis or John Coltrane would record a jazz session where you have, you know, maybe the leader and they all kind of just align with him. Maybe that's the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, Stu kind of is like the ring, the ring leader of everyone. So yeah. He kind of keeps everything, you know, squared. Mm-hmm. And they all just kind of like follow that and they just, jam along with it yep pretty much it's it's almost very much done in the same style as like a jazz album yeah oh yeah they go in the basement they just you know they're doing it through pretty amateur technology and equipment and then and then especially when you listen to these albums on vinyl you can there's like a little like you can tell it's like a little low production but it just adds to like what they do and yeah you know uh, yeah and that's sometimes why i think like the vocals aren't like as strong yeah, but I think for this kind of music, you really don't, you know, need it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. F- fair point. I'm not criticizing it. It's just something that I observe. I, I just kind of felt like, especially with LW, that some of the lyrics were just meant to be kind of buried within the instruments. Yeah. So, and it's not the first time that they've done that either. It's all. It's always weird listening to, like, these, like, hardcore kind of, like, you know, more aggressive bands and the lyrics that they chose. Like, I've been listening to a lot of Primus lately. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the lyrics are so goofy, and it's like, why do people who play complicated music like this have these like weird lyrics? Like, like know? Tool? <laughs> no, no, like, like maybe like like a Frank Zappa, you yeah. know, huh? like that kind of stuff. Like, why do they, you know, what's doesn't he have a song about eating? I know nothing about Frank Zappa. So <laughs> I know he has a song about eating snow that's got pee on it or something, right? <laughs> It's like don't eat the yellow snow or something. I don't know. Well, uh, what was it? The Ramones had a song about beating a brat with a bat. Um, beat on the brat. Beat. Oh my God. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Beat on the brat. 
back on the back. Yeah, there you back go. On the back, we're back on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Every <Ramon> song. <laughs> I know, right? Good for them, though. Hey, hey, hey. And then uh, picture Australian, and then you get uh, ACDC. <laughs> ACDC are an Australian Ramones. <laughs> there, All their songs are the same. <laughs> Ah, good stuff. Well, speaking of complicated music, I figured mm. we could wrap out the show kind of just talking a little bit about the Mars Volta. Oh, okay, cool. I actually have one other thing, too, that I wanted to uh, bring up here. Okay, do you, do you want to do yours first? I don't know what yours is. Um, I, so Like, Mars Volta, it's really not that complicated. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can talk about Mars Volta really quick. Okay. Mine is, super, mine is fast, too. So. Okay, well, so... The box set, right? They yeah. put out like a like all their albums on this five hundred dollar box set. Yeah. Oh my god. Eighteen discs or vinyl, Vinyls. rather, and it was a massive box set. I think it even came with kind of like this statue looking thing, and then included unreleased material too, even unreleased material from Delouse and the Crematorium. Oh. Or Crematorium. I don't know what Crematorium. Crematorium. Yeah, something like. Do you know that. who plays bass on that album? Yes, I do. Flea. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, do you know who also plays guitar on most of their albums? I'm going to... John this... Frusciante. Oh, yeah. Does he? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Omar uh, Rodriguez. I thought, that's, I thought that's who you were going to say, and I was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> no, it's not a trick question. Um, <laughs> you think you think, Chad, you think think they were like, you know, Chad Smith came in. He's like, hey, I heard a Flea and a Frusciante around here. Let me get on there. Oh, yeah, dude, totally. And Anthony Kiedis comes in and goes, hey, can I jump on a track? And they're like... Yeah, no. I, I, th- I think we're all out of tracks, Anthony. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, I can sing songs, guys. Ooh, ah, the losing a crematorium. Ooh, ah, do but they were that. Ooh, could you just imagine like I, I, I could see him actually doing. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a Mars Volta song with Anthony Kiedis, just like. How would it be? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, we're joking around, obviously, here, but, uh, you know, we all got hyped up because we thought, hey, they're going to be coming out with more material, which they've kind of been teasing yeah. a little bit since 2019. And, um, so the Mars Volta, for those who don't know, is a almost like a super group of members from At The Drive-In, yeah. a couple other bands, but um, they're, they don't play anymore. They kind of work pretty quick. Um, also their records are extremely rare and very hard to find because they don't print them anymore. So this box set was a huge deal to a lot of people. But, sold out instantly. <laughs> yeah, but again, $500. $500 sold out instantly. Yep. Um, they, they were a band that meant a lot to me back in the day. I saw them, I've seen them live four times. Oh my God. Twice opening at, twice as, uh, opening acts, once for System of Down and once for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. So you've, so the Mars Volta is probably the band you've seen the most live. Yeah, wow. they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I saw them play live at Starland Ballroom in New Jersey and live at Toad's Place in Connecticut. I'm trying to remember where. It's where one of the Ivy League schools is. I can't remember which one. But anyway. Yeah, both. I mean, all those shows were phenomenal. The shows where it was just them, they play like three hours nonstop. Oh. And it was incredible. Wow. I will never forget those experiences. Even got some pics from the, the guitarist somewhere. Wow. Somewhere in my house. That's or awesome. Back in New Jersey. Yeah, I was such a huge fan of theirs. I have a Mars Volta t-shirt that I'm 
holding on to because one day I hope that one of my daughters will wear it and have like a cool band t-shirt that they can wear. Or I'll put them through college. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's why I'm holding on that Frank Ocean vinyl. (laughs) My future kids are going to college. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it, it stinks that like it wasn't, that announcement wasn't followed up by like, hey, they're getting back Going together or a tour or yeah. mm-hmm. something like that. But Times are hard. Times I, are hard. I, I Honestly, until the music scene is back and we get the vaccines out, I imagine these bigger groups that have not been around for a while um, will probably make tour announcements. But I'm realizing this, this too, you know, I'm sure a lot of these bands like the Mars Volta are struggling financially and... A big way to get money these days is to go on tour. So hopefully these older bands will yeah. come out of retirement once venues start opening up safely again. So yeah, or release all your vinyls in a really expensive collection. Yeah, no, <laughs> either or. Which I don't blame them for doing. No, and not at all. Don't get me wrong. If this was back in my college days and I had enough money saved up, I probably would have bought it. Look, <laughs> I also too like. I wish there was like a, a CD or like a digital option. You know, you could buy yeah. the music. Because I want the exclusive tracks, you know? I'm curious. I, I would too, man. I really do too. They had a um, song that didn't make it onto Francis the Mute that was on like a um, like a, a single. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. I, I mean, I know the Mars Volta is an acquired taste for a lot of people. But the, I would love if they re-release all those albums individually. And I hope so. But I thought it was worth talking about because we've been talking about it offline. Yeah, and hopefully they'll put it on streaming platforms maybe. Yeah. And speaking of streaming platforms, our final quick thing, um, we've had multiple discussions on this show about Spotify and Apple Music and all the streaming services paying their people fairly. Um, sounds like Bandcamp is still doing their Bandcamp Friday things, which is great. So you can Bandcamp uh, do... Friday today as we're recording. That's right. Um, so I got an email from SoundCloud the other day. SoundCloud. I think was bought out last year. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a video that says SoundCloud pays artists fairly. We're the first music company to include fan powered royalties where independent artists can get paid more because of their dedicated fans. So it sounds like they're starting a new service where you can download um, stream directly to the artist. So they'll make a little more money on their stuff. Beautiful. Good. So uh, let's see here. Fan-powered royalties. You get paid based on your dedicated fans' actual listening habits. The more fans listen on Spotify in your music, the more you get paid. Uh, on Spotify or in SoundCloud? SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. So this is just through SoundCloud right now. Beautiful. Great. Hats off to SoundCloud. And, you know, obviously we've already given a lot of praise to Bandcamp, but both Bandcamp and SoundCloud, I saw quite a few artists really just, you know, just keeping on praise for them and just really loving what they're doing. And it's great. There's a lot more artists these days that are really just releasing their stuff exclusively through those platforms. And maybe they'll put them later on Apple music and Spotify, but you know, the times are changing and it's a good thing because these artists especially deserve it, especially right now when everybody's at home and everybody's listening to music. And it's like we talked about, like you can't buy all the music out there, right? Like it's just, it's not possible. But at least if you're going to stream it, there's now a way to do it where they get some kind of compensation or at least more 
a more fair compensation than they would with some of the bigger yeah, uh, and streaming it's, platforms. And it's good too that, you know, SoundCloud is focusing more on, you know, the lower, not as popular art, not, that's a bad way to describe it. You know, I, art, I get what you're, I get what you know, you're saying. Artists that, you know, don't have a huge and large platform. Yeah, you know, artists can, that aren't Drake. Yeah, exactly. This is just like a good way to, you know, kind of, you know, help and make sure their art is supported and they're getting money in and they're getting the money they deserve for it. Yeah. Nothing against Drake, but Drake can make a living off the streaming that he has off of Apple music, title, Spotify, whatever. Yeah. Well, he's getting the listens, you know, like some of these artists, they might get, you know, relative to these bigger artists, the same amount of listens, but they're going to get, you know, not as much money. Good point. You know, Mm -hmm. like if, like if a Drake song gets played a million times and no name band song gets paid a million times, guarantee you Drake's getting more money just because of his popularity. Yeah. You know, which is, that's another topic for another time. Another topic for another time, but shout out to you, SoundCloud. Yeah. So cheers to you. I'm excited to hope, hopefully this takes in fruition very soon and we'll see some good positive results for it. And if not, we'll make sure to update you with vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That that went a place I was not expecting there, sir. Vengeance. That was great. <laughs> Justice. Justice Ugh. and vengeance. Do okay. So I know it's probably a sore subject, but Ugh, I feel like I'm getting I need any more coffee for this one, right? <laughs> Do you want to review <laughs> Justice League together? Ugh, that means I have to if you do, don't no 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 do, do i have to watch all four hours at once no you don't okay i'll think about it I'm, I'm curious to watch it but um i am too and i'm going to go into it with an open mind i am not someone who dislikes Zack snyder but i don't treat him like he's perfect like you mean i know jesus <laughs> i know that there are a lot of fans out there that that really love what he does and I'm not knocking y'all and I'm, you know, I actually support what you believe in. I'm always all about like people who have a lot of passion behind something and really just love something unabashedly. I think there are things that I like that he's done and there are things I like that he hasn't done. Sure. That's fair. Have not liked that he's done, you know, I mean, but that could be applied with anybody. Like even I'm trying to think of a director right now. Like Martin Scorsese, I don't love everything that I've seen in Martin Scorsese, but I'll always because he didn't direct Iron Man, right? <laughs> but you know, it's that's just how it is, right? Like you just you, you, you can't. I don't know. Sometimes, and this is another it's like topic okay, here's for, here's a good one. How about uh, the band Band of Horses? I love Band of Horses, but that fourth album, meh, exactly. not their best. I still enjoy it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I to- I totally get that. I totally get that. I'm I'm just I'm the kind of person, and this is just the kind of guy. Kind of guy laughs at a funeral. <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna I'm going to give it a fair chance, and if it's good, I'm you know I'm approaching it from the aspect of like, well, this is his vision, and this is his thing. <laughs> his vision and Jared Lo- uh, Jared Leto's Joker vision. <laughs> and and for me, it's like I'll. I'll be able to watch it and separate it from what happens on the comic books. And I don't blame anybody for who doesn't feel that way. And they think Batman should be a certain way. Like he's in the comic books, whatever. That's fine. The way I look at it is that this is an alternate universe, you know, and as a comic book fan myself, there's always different stories. Like there's a story about Batman where he turns into a vampire. Like there's, there's so many different takes and so many different universes of Batman 
and Superman and all the other heroes that that's how I view this. So I'm going to yeah, try as and long just as watch you, it with an open mind. As long as you keep the core values of Batman, like it's fine, you know, he, Batman just needs to be a super rich dude who fights crime. How and why he does it is that's all up for interpretation and how he executes it, you know? Or if you do something different, that's fine too. As yeah. long as it makes context, it makes sense within the context of the film. I don't need like rigid rules to be followed with these films. No, especially in this, in the case of Batman, he's had so many different films by this point. Like it's okay to do something different because you know what? There's going to be another Batman movie that's coming out next year. Yeah. Like they're, they're not going to stop making Batman movies. Yeah. Don't, don't fear. It's been established that this is Snyder's own universe. And I think by this point, if it's not your thing. Like cool. Don't watch it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I don't get these people that like are, are going to watch it just for the sake of complaining about it. I don't understand that personally. Like if you don't want to, you, you, you don't have to. It's sometimes it. it's, it's the hype of it. You know, it's the mystery. It's the, the story, you know, it's not just the four hour justice league movie. It's, it's Zack Snyder's interpretation and we need to be there to support him. And it's his, how he wanted it to be, you know? Yeah. I, Good thing yeah. I forgot most of the first movie. So <laughs> yeah. And go in with fresh eyes. <laughs> but if, uh, it's really funny when, you know, you're writing a school paper, for instance, you know, and your movie in your, your school paper is too long. The first thing they tell you is to keep it simple, stupid, right? And you should, like, keep it things short and concise. And so Zack Snyder looked at his movie and said, short and concise, got it, four hours. <laughs> you, can't ex you can't experience uh, symbolism without four hours of it in your face. Well, luckily for you, Adam, it's broken up into four chapters. Uh, and if you really don't want to watch it and review it, that's fair enough. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I Don't curious. blame you. <laughs> we can just know that, you know what? Like you said, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. Let's, let's give it a yeah. fair shot yeah. and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't go into a movie wanting to hate movie when wanting to hate it. Prior to Batman v Superman, there were all these reviews that said, this is the worst movie ever. And then I went and saw it and I was like, this, this is not the worst it's fine. movie it's, ever. It's not, I mean, it's, it's technically incompetently made. It's, or wait, is that the one with the mustache or is that no, Justice that, League? The, that's Justice League. Okay. Yeah. No, th this is the one where Batman <laughs> and Superman fight. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Martha. <laughs> yeah, which I felt like a lot of people just harped on that so much, which it's like, okay, <laughs> funny, funny. Well, it's just right? funny because how it was brought up. Look, I think that's that's kind of it was just like out of nowhere. I like I'm not for for me it was like when that happened I didn't I didn't think like oh this needs to be made fun of, but at the same time some of those jokes were funny. I don't mind something like having like it being poked fun at or you know having a humorous approach done to it but i i did feel like a lot of people harped on that so much and it just felt like all right like i just it's not like this movie didn't do anything well i thought there were some things that i really enjoyed about it i also really enjoyed the score on that too mm -hmm. uh, Hans zimmer and junkie xl it's a really good score but yeah so like things like that i like about it and that, and, and i'm hoping that with Zack Snyder's Justice League that I'll be able to kind of just take it in like the way you were saying. Well, you will take it in all four hours of it. <laughs> and and still find things to like about it 
And I think I'm going to be kind of avoiding all the discourse surrounding it afterwards because I'm not one of those people that wants to like argue with anybody about it, which is why I'm glad you and I talk about these things and I don't talk about these things with random people. Yep. <laughs> because the, the, the two sides, either the side that loves Zack Snyder and the side that hates him are just... And he's another movie maker. Just, yeah. you know, like just let him do his thing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's... I can't get that upset or that excited anymore about something. Like, I really liked Tenet. There were a lot of people that didn't. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know? It's like, I can't, I can't get that worked up anymore. So, you know, just me. The, so, there was a, uh, I guess there's a new Minions movie coming out. And they posted about it a couple days ago. And the picture, it was like, we know there was a caption. I was like, We're ne- we know you're bummed about this, but our movie's not coming until 2022 now. So the picture was a minion from behind. You can see his little booty. And it said bummed. But like, <laughs> it's coming out next year. Like, the directors of the minion movie have more uh, theater sense than, uh, what's his name? Who directed Tenet? Christopher Nolan? Yeah. But it wasn't Christopher Nolan's fault, though. I know, but it's just funny. <laughs> that the Minion movie is going to make more money than Tenet did in theaters. Oh, probably. Yeah. It was I mean, going to make more money regardless. Yeah. It's, it's the Minions. Come on. The the ticket sales are going to be high just based on your attendance alone. Beetle. Beetle. <laughs> Zing. I did. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Little yellow chicken nuggets. <laughs> chicken nuggets. <laughs> like I've never heard that one before. That's good. Like that's what they look like. They look like chicken nuggets, right? Yeah, pretty much. Oh man. They look like uh <laughs> Yeah, chicken nuggets. <laughs> Get them some honey mustard. They even yellow like honey mustard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe corn dogs are more more accurate. Corn dogs, right? Like the kind of like the half of it. Yeah, half of a corn dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, good uh, stuff. All, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent corn dogs here on G4D. Sp- sp- one last thing I want to say before we wrap up: that meme that you sent to me. Which one? The, do I make you corny, baby? Uh, <laughs> With Austin Powers' face photoshopped and the lead singer of Corn. That's like the greatest <laughs> meme I've seen in a long time. Thanks, Twitter and/or Facebook or Instagram, wherever I found that. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, man. Well, hey, we, we've been rambling. It's all good. It's, it's been the coffee. It's the coffee. I'm, I had another glass. Mm. I had half of one. I might regret it later, but YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I just realized all these people going out still, like no masks, vacation. They're, they're yeah. literally YOLOing. Yeah, they YOLOing? YOLOing? YOLOing. 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 Yo, yo. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening. I don't know why I found that funny. It was just a little. <laughs> Ready? Walk the dog. <laughs> um, we're on all streaming services: Spotify, Apple Music. Can we get on Title? Is that a thing? I don't. We should try and get on Title. Yeah, I want to get on Jay Z's radar. Um, um, um Mr. Uh, Z. Mr. Z, this is Mr. G calling in. Hoo <laughs> 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 oh, um yeah what else do we have to promote anything you got anything? no 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 um we're hoping to record an episode very soon with a good friend of ours right. cj cj shout out to cj what check up? out his podcast waypoint set 
Really, really great podcast. I know he's doing some new and exciting things up very, very soon. I'm excited to see what he's going to be coming up with. He's going to be doing a Family Guy podcast, I think he was saying. Hey, Lois, did you see the time I was on a podcast? <laughs> oh, Peter. You do that really well. Thank you. CJ, if you're listening, well, I'm your guy. Hey, there you're, we go. I'm your family guy. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Who? Can you do any Family Guy impressions? Let's let's hear it. Um, I don't know if I can. Can you do uh like a like a who's a good Family Guy character? Joe. Hey Peter, how's it going? <laughs> right, that's pretty good. <laughs> Peter, I bought a boat. Peter, <laughs> I was a cop. Peter. <laughs> and there's a what was it? Quag, Qua- the, the Quag. <laughs> Quagmire. Quagmire. And he's a. He's a flight attendant, right? He's a pilot, and he's a pilot. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And he goes, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's okay? I thought no, it was I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but thank you for listening in, folks. I know we went a little bit over today, but it's been a little while since we recorded. Things have been crazy. So Life. I'm happy, happy. I hope everybody's happy and doing well and staying safe. And Happy, healthy, and safe. Yes, and we definitely have some... More fun things coming up very, very soon. Always fun. Here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds. For discussion. discussion. Grounds for discussion. Grounds for discussion. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at g4dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.